The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 20th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of anyone, they are forgiven. If you withhold forgiveness from anyone, it is withheld. Now Thomas, one of the twelve, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see in his hand the mark of the nails, and place my finger into the mark of the nails, and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. Eight days later, his disciples were inside again, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands, and put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. In the beginning, God created everything good. But Adam had broken God's good creation. Though he made himself fig leaf clothing, he still cowered in fear as God came to speak to him. God was coming to Adam to restore Adam as his son. But Adam hid away in fear, barricading himself behind a bush in hopes that that would protect him. God came seeking out Adam. Where are you? Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? And Adam heard these questions not as God's desire to restore him, but as a word of judgment. And so he blamed Eve and God. In our text today, the disciples are hiding in fear of the Jews. Though the scriptures don't tell us precisely what they feared the Jews would do to them, I think it's safe to say that they were afraid that what had happened to Jesus 
could happen to them. It's Easter evening, and they are afraid. But into their locked room of fear comes Jesus. Jesus is always coming to those who are afraid. But simply seeing a dead guy out of the grave brings no peace. In fact, our gospel text very clearly makes the point that the disciples were not glad until they heard Jesus' word of peace and they saw his wounds. The wounds proclaim Jesus' death and his word proclaims what has been accomplished. For if Jesus were to come to them without those two things, the disciples should be very afraid. Both are needed, Jesus' wounds and Jesus' word. Jesus' hands and feet show that he was the same one who was crucified. The nail marks and the wounds are unmistakable. And the wound in his side proved that he died. For the blood and water that poured forth proved his death. The wounds proclaimed that the Jesus who died is the same one standing before the disciples now. Without his wounds, the disciples have no comfort that this is the same Jesus who was crucified. Without these wounds, the disciples have no proof that Jesus died. Now the disciples also need to hear Jesus' word. Consider how the disciples would react if a wounded and living Jesus walked into their locked room. Do you think they might be afraid of what Jesus was thinking? The disciples also need to hear the word of peace. They need to know that Jesus suffered death and didn't escape it, that he overcame death, and because he has done that, he now comes in peace. The disciples are reconciled to the Father. God's wrath and the law have been forever satisfied. And this truth is proclaimed eternally by the marks in Jesus' hands. Jesus hasn't escaped death for only a time. Jesus has brought death to death. And Jesus has come to the disciples, not to shame them for their failure, but to proclaim his peace to them. And it's probably right to see these two events as one. Jesus holds out his hands, showing his wounds, and says, Peace be with you. This is my body that won your forgiveness and life. Luke says that when Jesus came to the disciples after his resurrection, He came speaking about his suffering. But John says that Jesus came speaking peace. These are the same. To preach Jesus' suffering is to preach Jesus' peace. And so this news makes the disciples glad. Their Lord is risen from the grave. The peace promised all those years ago in the garden has been realized. And their peace stands before them in the wounded and living flesh of Jesus. 
And so Jesus commissions these disciples as his apostles. He gives them the apostolic mandate and, the, and authority. Receive my spirit. Heaven is unlocked. And so it will be for all who hear my word of peace. You are to preach my peace to all the world. All who hear and believe, receive my peace by your word. But those who refuse to repent will not be forgiven. But Thomas, one of the twelve, was not with them that day. He had forsaken his brothers. He didn't gather with the congregation. Do you know where Thomas is? Jesus does. Jesus desires that all have peace and rest in him, including Thomas. So the other disciples do what Jesus has sent them to do. They were joyful when they saw and heard the Lord. And so this is the message that they preached to Thomas. We have seen the Lord, they proclaim. But Thomas doesn't share in their joy. He rejects it. And perhaps he resents it too. Maybe he felt left out because he didn't get the same experience as the rest. Maybe he felt as though Jesus was mistreating him. But whatever Thomas felt, he didn't seem to even want peace. He's angry at Jesus. Later in our text, Jesus calls what Thomas has disbelief. Thomas lacks faith in Jesus. And because he lacks faith, he also lacks peace. Without faith in Jesus, Thomas is at odds with his brothers. Now it's easy for us to gang up on Thomas. It even seems to be permanently in our remembrance of him as doubting Thomas. He's the doubter. The others were believers. But I think even remembering Thomas this way is helpful for us because it reminds us that even the apostles were sinners. They aren't great because of who they are in and of themselves, but because of whom they preach and confess. And it won't be too long until we hear Thomas boldly and confidently confess the faith. Thomas was missing from the fellowship that first Easter day until the others bring God's word to him. Though he responds without faith and refuses to receive the peace of Jesus' forgiveness, Thomas knows exactly what it will take for him to be converted. He knows that he needs to see Jesus' wounds for himself. Now, I don't know exactly what to make of this, other than that it seems that the word of the apostles has taught him what is true by their report. He knew that Jesus had showed them his hands and his side, that he had spoken peace to them and had given them his Holy Spirit so that they now would proclaim the forgiveness of sins. Though Thomas responds with disbelief, it seems that this word of Jesus through the apostles is still working on his heart. Perhaps he wants to believe, 
even as he struggles against the peace the apostles proclaim, he realizes that he needs it. Thomas needs Jesus' death and resurrection and wounds and peace, just like the others. So even as he makes a proclamation about never believing, he is also asking Jesus to give him what he needs. It is a prayer. He is praying that he would be counted among the Lord's disciples, that Jesus, the crucified one, would really be alive, that Jesus would do for him what he had done for the ten. And Jesus answers Thomas's imperfect prayer. The next Sunday, Thomas is there with the disciples. And though they again lock the doors, Jesus comes to stand in the midst of them. And again he proclaims, Peace, peace be with you. Your sins are forgiven, Thomas, and your prayer is answered. Here are my wounds. Put your finger here. Place your hand into my side. Behold the place where I was pierced. Put your hand into the place of water and blood. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Jesus answered Thomas's doubt so that you too would know where to go with your doubts. Bring them to Jesus. And so no longer Thomas then denied, My Lord and my God. And Thomas's confession is now our own. Jesus, the crucified and risen one, is our Lord and God. And having heard Thomas confess the faith, Jesus pronounces a blessing upon you. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. We do not see our Lord's risen body standing before our eyes. We do not see the marks. But we do see bread and wine and altar and cross and font and pulpit and pastor and paraments. And we hear... We hear the blessed voice of our Lord Jesus from the apostolic witness that this Jesus Christ is true God begotten of his Father. The peace be with you that is the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed today. When our Lord's body and blood are raised in front of you and you hear the word of peace, you know that the forgiveness of sins is found there. You know that before you is the living and wounded flesh of Jesus. That he is your forgiveness. And where the forgiveness of sins is, there is the Holy Spirit. Where the Holy Spirit is, there is the word of the gospel and of Jesus. And it's this preaching, the binding and loosing of sins, that are the means by which we are called to faith and by which we are sustained in that faith, so that when we hear Jesus promise that our sins are forgiven, we have confidence and certainty in his word. Jesus has established peace by his wounds, and now he sends his church to proclaim them. And the church proclaims this gospel and no other. This is the only gospel that saves 
that Jesus died and rose for sinners. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. He is risen for you. Alleluia. In the holy name of Jesus. Amen. The peace of God keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.